0: Welcome to the Principles of Success, Interviewing the Experts, and today's book review is The Small Business Bible. So this is one of my favorite business books, and the reason why is because it covers everything you need to start a business. Now, some of the information is a little dated because this book was written a while ago. Uh, Like, for instance, in the marketing section, he talks about buying ads in the yellow pages. He also has to explain what the internet is in this book. So some of the tactics and actions might be a little outdated, but the principles of business don't ever change. And the first principle to talk about is that not everybody is cut out to be an entrepreneur. I've talked about this multiple times on this show. Uh, If you can stand being an employee, odds are you'll probably make more money as an employee than as an entrepreneur. Most entrepreneurs fail. And the ones that are successful do a ton of work for about the same level of pay. Now, there's also that small group of entrepreneurs who make lots of money but entrepreneurship is just essentially is just another job. The difference is for whether or not you should be an entrepreneur is if you can stand being an employee or not. you can make money either way. If your goal is money and it's only money, it doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur or a uh, employee as your main source of income. You can have side gigs in fact you should have side gigs. But as your main source of income, it, you don't necessarily need that to be, to be successful. You don't have to be an entrepreneur is what I'm trying to say. And that's essentially what this book tries to say. And it has a nice little self-assessment uh, for, are you cut out to be an entrepreneur? And if most of these next questions are a no, well, then you probably shouldn't be an entrepreneur. So let's go through those questions. Are you a self-starter? Do you take risks? Are you a leader? Are you okay with not having a regular paycheck? Are you able to fire someone? Are you willing to work 60 hours a week? Are you self-confident? Can you handle uncertainty? Do you have tenacity? Are you able to stick to it? That's the biggest hurdle that I feel like most people fail is that they quit. You have to have insane levels of tenacity to be successful as an entrepreneur. Next, are you creative? Are you competitive? You have willpower and self discipline. Can you do the things that you don't want to do even when you don't, even when, can you do the things that you don't want to do even when you especially don't want to do them? Are you individualistic? Are you able to handle no structure? Do you have business skills? Can you, are you like, are you able to do marketing? Are you able to do invoices, accounting, sales? Do you have the business skills needed? Are you flexible? Are you okay with having a flexible schedule? Some, some days you'll be working 16 hours. Other days you might get to slack off a little bit. Do you have the experience in the field that you're wanting to do business in? If you have no experience in marketing, you shouldn't start a marketing agency. If you, know, if you have no experience in plumbing, you should, shouldn't start a plumbing business. Do you know how to prospect? Get clients. If you don't find people to do business with, you're not going to succeed in entrepreneurship. And how do you handle stress? Entrepreneurship is extremely stressful, especially if you try and doing it 100%. There's a reason why I really like the 10% Entrepreneur book. The most stressed I ever was in my entire life was when I was 100% an entrepreneur. Now I'm going to go back to that because I freaking hate being an employee. But how do you handle stress? If you can't handle stress, then you shouldn't be an entrepreneur. However, ne- the next point, that, w- that was the assessment. However, the next point is every business was started by someone who at one point didn't know what they were doing. You don't have to have an expertise knowledge on everything that you're doing. Every business was started by somebody like you who was like, you know, I want to start a business. I have no freaking idea how to start a business because I've never started it. And that's okay. So just remember that every business was started by somebody like you at some point. Next, the baker doesn't just do baking. What does that mean? It means the baker doesn't just do baking. They are also in charge of hiring and firing people, making sure people get paid, making sure the ease is all taken care of, making sure the rent is taken care of, doing all sorts of fun paperwork, doing advertising, doing sales, doing customer service. The baker just... You don't get to just, if you're starting a baking business, you don't just get to hide in the back corner and bake bread or cookies or whatever. You have to actually run the business. In the e myth, which I did a book review at the very beginning of the podcast, so I need to redo that one at some point. But in the e myth, he calls this the entrepreneur's entrepreneurial seizure. You're like, oh, I'll start a baking br- business. But all I want to do is bake, and I don't know how to do any of the other stuff, and I have no desire to do any of the other stuff. So just remember, if you're wanting to start a business, that the business involves a lot more than just the one thing. Like, for instance, the marketing agency that I started. I started marketing because I hate sales. And then I discovered that marketing agency, dealing with clients, is all about sales. Which is why I decided I didn't want to do that business anymore. Next takeaway. Start a specific business versus just wanting to be your own boss. So there's two type of entrepreneurs. There is the entrepreneur like me who doesn't care what business it is. It is just that they want to be able to be their own boss doing some sort of business to generate money for their family. And that's one type of business. The other one, or that's one type of entrepreneur. The other type of entrepreneur is the baker. You want to start a baking business you don't want to do just any old business, you want to start your baking business. And I'm kind of a little bit of this one too, because all of my businesses have always just been ways to generate money for the end goal business that just costs a lot of startup capital. And that is my Homestead Zion home business deal, which I have started making TikToks on. So if you guys want to learn more about off grid living, go check that out. Uh, But There's two type of entrepreneurs. There's the people who want to start their own business, just any business, and the people who want to start doing a very specific business because that's what they love to do. Next, if you're going to start a business, you need at least six months working capital. Most businesses fail not because they weren't viable, but because the person, the entrepreneur, just ran out of money. Businesses take time to get up and going. If your business doesn't have financing, working capital to keep it alive while you start generating money, then your business is going to fail. I think this number needs to be a lot higher than what he says. I think you need at least uh, one year's worth of living expenses covered because you're not going to generate a living within your first year. So if you're going to jump ship and quit your job and start a business, you probably need a decent savings account for living expenses and you need probably at least six months of working capital for the business. Again, this is also why you don't just quit your job to start a business. You start your business, and then once it starts making money, then you quit your job. But that's not always feasible. Next up is another one that he talked about that I am just going to skip over because I think it's overrated. He talks about business plans. Business plans are necessary for loans. My thoughts on loans have been pretty clear throughout the year, but you need a business plan to get funding. Other than that, a business plan doesn't do much. It does help bring clarity, just like an outline. However, human beings suck at planning. Your outline is not going to be at all remotely close to what you're going to be doing. So the outline is useful, don't don't get stuck on the outline. Next, legal structures. You can have a sole proprietorship, a partnership, a LLC, and corporations. Almost all of you will be either doing a sole sole proprietorship, which is just the default. It's, hey, my name's Nathan, and I'm doing business. Who wants to buy and sell from me? And your taxes are filed under your own... Your business taxes are filed under your personal taxes. And there's no legal protection to this. Um, A LLC separates the business entity from you, and you have to make sure that your finances are separate and that they do not cross. And that provides you with some legal protection. And it separates your taxes from each other. And then corporations. Honestly, you shouldn't be worrying about corporations if you're just starting a business. But he talks about the corporations. Next, business funding. Finding funding. One, I think funding your business is dumb. I've already kind of made that. But he gives several examples that are bad examples. Um, and this is in his words. First up, these And these are options. These are just dumb options. Um, So first up, home equity. Taking a loan out against your home to start a business that has a good chance of failing. Not a good idea. Next up, number two, credit cards. Using a very, very, very high interest rate method of borrowing money. Number three, friends and family. Relationships. If you value your relationships, your relationships should be more important than trying to get your business up and running. Money ruins friend relationships with friends and family. However, I'm not saying don't do it. In fact, I've done it. Just make sure that you are very careful here. And then the last one isn't really a dumb one, and that's that banks are tough. And as financing gets more and more expensive over the next several years, just due to the changing business climate, banks are going to be tough. So those are just some of the ways that you might get funding for your business. Next takeaway, focus on building a brand. If you don't have a brand, people won't come to you. Same thing with location. Make sure that you're in a good location to do business. Now a lot of that has been decoupled thanks to the internet, but if you have a business selling if you want to start a business selling ice cream in Antarctica, you're going to have a very hard time selling ice cream. And yes, that is a ridiculous example, but I'm sticking with it. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. By the way, this current list is just things that you need to, uh, skills and ideas that you need to develop and focus on while you're building your business. So first one's brand, second one's location. Uh, Third, inventory management. You need to learn how to keep your inventory and keep track of things coming in and things going out. You need to focus on profit. Profit is important. You need to know about business insurance, you need to know about taxes. You need to make sure that your legal ducks are all in a row. The world is sue-happy, especially employees. You do not want to get sued for discrimination lawsuits or sexual harassment lawsuits or, or OSHA violations. There's a lot of sue-happy reasons and people are bribed to get you in legal trouble. Marketing. Your exit strategy. How are you going to leave your business? Are you wanting to sell it? Are you wanting to just do business until you're tired of doing the business and then shutting it down? Are you wanting to build your business so that way you can step away and other people will eventually run the business? You need to learn about firing. You need to learn about um, what legal benefits you have to have for employees. You will get in serious trouble if you don't give employees everything that they are entitled to. How are you going to train your employees? How are you going to manage your employees? Those are all important things that you need to just learn about in business. Sales. Always focus on what's it. People are always focused on what's in it for me. If you're focused on yourself and not the customer, well then you're going to have a lot harder time getting customers. Kind of lost my train of thought on that one. But anyway, next takeaway. Selecting the right franchise. You need to look at Your total investment. How much are you spending to buy this business? You need to look at how much the franchise is going to do to train you. And how much of advertising is the franchise going to do on your behalf? These are all important factors to keep in mind when buying a franchise. Next, home-based businesses. Some of the pros of a home-based business. You get to save rent and gas. More flexible. More time. This podcast is a home-based business. I am recording this uh, at the very end of June, and I'm getting ready to go on a trip in July. And I'm pretty sure this episode will be airing while I'm busy. So it's much more flexible. Some of the cons of a home-based business, distractions. I can easily waste a day and not do the podcast. Same thing with the next one, self-discipline. You think I want to yell at a blank wall? And tell you about a business book that I've read multiple times. But that's just the deal with a self-employed home-based business. And then the last one is super important. And it is, you might run into the two opposite extreme issues. You might goof off and your business will fail. Or, because you're not going anywhere to, you're not going to work, you might become a workaholic. And I've fluctuated between both of them quite regularly. So those are all some of the possible cons. Now, how to help mitigate and make sure that your home-based business has a chance of succeeding. You need a private space. You can't be, like for instance, this podcast, you can't be recording episodes out in the middle of a living room if you have screaming kids. You need to be able to maintain discipline around the family. Um, When you're working, you're working. You need the equipment. Don't just start going off crazy with no equipment. Um, You need to be good being alone. You need self-disciplined. You need to be able to find a way to limit distractions. When I was writing my books, I actually uh, shut off the internet so that way I couldn't just hop on Facebook and scroll forever. I'd put my room or I'd put my phone in a different room. Uh, You also, especially if your customers are coming, like if it's a, like, let's say a massage-based business, if your customers... You have to be okay in managing customer's judgment that it's in your home. And you also need to make sure that your family supports it. Because if, if they think it's just a hobby, then you're not going to succeed. Uh, also, home insurance doesn't cover business equipment. So just so you're aware of that. Next takeaway. You should be working on your business, not just in your business. If you spend all of your time baking bread and not doing any marketing or hiring, your business is not going to grow or succeed. You have to keep constantly reinventing your business, because otherwise, your competition will put yourself out will put you to bit out of the. You know what I'm saying? You have to keep reimagining your business, keep improving your business, and keep developing different business tactics, especially your marketing and sales. Because if you're not getting customers, You're gonna go out of business. On the flip side, raise your prices. Your prices, a really easy way of saying this is if you double your prices and lose half of your clients, then you're still making the same amount of money. Don't be afraid to raise your prices if the cost of doing business is going up or if you have too many people and you're going to either have to uh, drop people for sanity's sake, or hire somebody which increases your cost of doing business. So don't be afraid to raise your prices once you start getting clients. Next up, shoestring, you need to be resourceful. Balancing, making sure that you aren't spending all of your money in one deal. OPM investors, that's looking for funding. Uh, Finding a partner, maybe you have a genius idea and somebody else has the money and loves your idea. Or maybe it's reverse. Uh, Finding ways to get around the expenses of rent and equipment. You should not be renting an office space day one of your business. If you haven't even gotten remotely close to a client yet, you shouldn't have an office space. And look for deals on equipment. You don't necessarily have to buy new and you also don't have to buy super fancy. Uh, Like for instance, let's use the uh, woodworking business that I'm starting up the bulk of my woodworking tools are going to be Ryobi. And if you're remotely blue-collar, Ryobi is kind of like the laughingstock of tools. However, it is like a third for the toolkit. It's like a third of the price for a similar toolkit. And yes, there is something to be said for buy it once, cry it once. However, I'm not certain out of all those tools, which ones I'll actually be using a lot of. So if I buy a really expensive tool and then never use it, well then that was a waste of money. So be frugal on your equipment. Also, especially if you're shoestring and bootstrapping this, if you buy a tool and you buy the cheapest one that you can because that's all you have and then use that tool to generate money, you can use that generated money to buy the nicer tool when the cheap tool breaks or when you just need to upgrade. So those are all shoestring. Next up, marketing, sell their needs. Uh, people, it's all about them, not you. Sell their needs. Do testing. This is, uh, uh, marketing, there is a thing called A-B testing. I'll create one ad set where I'll be talking, where I'll use like the headline. I'll use the book example. I'll use the headline of this might be the next Brandon Sanderson. And then I will test that against this might be the next Robert Jordan and see which one does better. And you can do this infinitely, especially on like Facebook. Um, You can test headlines, you can test pictures, testing. And then once you find something, commit to it and give it the funding it needs to be successful. And then you need to be consistent. If your advertising is all over the place then it's not going to work very well. And then this is where he listed a whole bunch of examples that are kind of dated, but co-op ads. Co-op ads are one of the few that he listed that are an example. A furniture store might run an advertisement that is predominantly paid by one of the brands that they sell. So let's say a carpet store, um, they advertise their carpet store and it is paid for in part by one of the carpet brands that they sell. So that's co-op ads. Next up, small podcasts. I purposely set up this podcast to invite people to come onto the podcast and promote their book. That's Far, I did that from the get-go, so that way far down the line, when I have a big audience, people will be like, hey, can I pay you to come on your show? I'm like, sure. And then they'll get the benefit of people who listen to a podcast where I talk about random books. And then my, all my job will be is filtering out the crappy authors from the good ones. Also, you can barter. My mom, she, uh, she's a massage therapist. She barters all the time. She'll give somebody a massage for some of their stuff. Networking, talk to the people you know, do demos. Um, Demonstrations are a really powerful marketing tool. And then I am running out of time. In fact, I'm kind of over already, but what do you want? What do you want your business to accomplish? Do you want riches? Do you want freedom? Figure out what you actually want. And when you figure out what you want, there are three systems. There's the equipment systems, the people systems, and the info systems. The equipment systems is inventory, supplies, equipment, that kind of stuff. People is hiring, firing. Info is taxes, um, blueprints, email databases, info on clientele, info on training on how to acquire customers. That's all the three different systems. And you'll design those systems to maximize what you actually want. And then finally, you need to have a goal. This is just going back to what you want. And when you have a goal, failure is going to happen goals are not clean oh i did everything exactly perfectly right you're gonna have failure and that is fine anyway that is it for today's episode of the small business bible and i will see you all next week